Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. My name is Isaac Edlin. I am your host tonight, and I am joined by two fellow Infinity Bros. Number one, in your hearts, and the first one I'm announcing is Zane Ellis. Yes, got it. It's it's part of the bit. I got to I got to announce <laughs> I got to announce Zane first every time he's on <laughs> the podcast now. Max probably won't hold to that bit. He doesn't get the bit. So Max is um, lame. Zane, welcome to the pod. It's good to have you back, man. Thanks. Good to be here. Spooky month, October. Spooky. It's, it's the best. Yeah. It's my time of year. Times. Yes. Yes. Also, another person who enjoys this time of year is our good friend and Infinity Bro, Mark. Mark Jones. I am also another person, so I'm glad <laughs> here. That is accurate. He is another person. It's Mark, the other person, Jones, here in your ears. Mark, the other guy. <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> the other guy, Jones. From Parts Unknown. You, maybe you could have picked a like a more interesting name than Mark Jones, and then maybe you would be... Yeah, man, I'm sorry about that. You know, when I landed here, I only knew two things. That was Mark Jones, you know. Yep, there it is. (laughs) Welcome to the Infinity Rose podcast. We are going to be talking a few different things, namely She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night. But we do want to mention that uh, there's plenty of Patreon content on some uh, horror and spooky movies and and some other things as well so if you're interested <laughs> in some un, other things yes <laughs> which will not be named on the infinity rose podcast at this moment but if you want are interested in joining the infinity bros patreon for two dollars a month to get access to uncut episodes make sure you check out the link in the show notes you can also check out the infinity bros on facebook instagram twitter tiktok twitch youtube I feel like the list of stuff that we're on just keeps growing and growing these days. Um, and yeah, and now you can check out our full video episodes on YouTube as well. So make sure you go check out our YouTube to see Zane's lovely face because, yes. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that sitting in his dark uh, Sith lair? So It's true. It's true. Yeah. I'm a hot commodity. Hot commodity. We've got lots of big things going on at the Infinity Bros. Uh, you can check out theinfinitybros.com for Zane's bio. Um, definitely some big things going on there. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be reviewing She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night tonight. So the first thing we're going to talk about, guys, we're going to dive right into it because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. But we're going to be talking about She-Hulk. And for those uh, new listeners, uh, we have a very specific rating system on the Infinity Bros podcast. So we're going to tell you about right here. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an Infinity Snap. So guys, I want to talk about She-Hulk first because I think we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit less because we're very excited about um, Werewolf by Night that just dropped uh, last week. So um, She-Hulk... I want to get your guys before we dive full into spoilers. I want to get just a quick um, 60 second review of uh, episode eight of She-Hulk Zane, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, like episode eight just kind of keeps going where the series has been going. It just keeps uh, keeps with the kind of the situational, you know, the sitcom feeling of like, hey, we're just going to keep um, ratcheting this up. We're going to keep, you know the same feel that we've had for the all eight episodes. And we're going to bring in a, a well-loved character and, uh, and it just, yes, Frogman, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's well just like, indeed. Yes. Just well gonna, you know, keep up the zany antics that the show has presented us. And I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> You pulled out the zany adjective. Wow, that's yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything else from I, Zane. I imagine but. when Zane says and would spell <laughs> zany, he would spell it with his name and then with a Y at the end. With a Y at the end, yeah. Do you think when he's like when he's like making his Tinder profile, he puts zany as one of the adjectives that describes him? I don't know why he wouldn't. That's just like a shoehorn in way to a relationship. <laughs> That's just uh, that's just easy money. That's easy, easy pickings right there. right there. All right, Mark, what did you think of episode eight of She-Hulk? 
I think this one might be one of the top ones, top episodes I've watched. Um, probably give it a good uh, 5.75 out of 6 for this episode. I liked the action that we actually finally got, it feels like. Um, she was finally in her super suit. Uh, Frogman, or, you know, a version of it, appears. Uh, what else do we get? The one and only finally comes. That's what she said. <laughs> and literally and figuratively, you know, the two-way term. For this, for specifically this episode. Uh, and that was totally unintentional. You know, sorry for the pun. Mm. And Max uh, will probably not think so, but Max might laugh. That's what's that's what's funny about that when he edits this. Or no one will hear this and only hear this part to make me look like a fool, because Max is good at that. Um True. Overall, yeah, it's you know, like Zane said, it's like the situational comedy that is I feel like it's working. I see a lot of hate online where like, oh, Rod Tomatoes gives this like an 87%. It's like, I don't know who's watching this and like not having a good time. Except for maybe my wife, but you know. <laughs> well, well yeah. she had some good opinions I want to bring up. Uh, I yeah. feel like from the female perspective that I think is missed by some of us, but yeah. Yes, I think I think you've brought some of her insight on previous episodes that I think is as well appreciated and shared by a lot of people watching the show. So, but I agree with both of you guys. I think this was, I think honestly, this is the best episode of the series so far to me. I, I absolutely love this episode. Um, I'm going to give this one a six out of six. It, it was just fantastic. Super fun to watch. Um, you know, like you guys said, the guest appearances, fantastic. Um, we'll dive a little bit more into it with the spoilers, but honestly, I love this episode. Absolutely. And I, I think there's, there's been, I'm, I w- was super pumped about the show coming into it. I started to fall off a little bit because of just like the, the sitcom nature. And it just felt like things weren't really wrapping together. Uh, but this episode brought me fully back in. Like, I absolutely love this episode. I think it's the best one of She-Hulk so far, and I'm really excited for the finale next week. So, um, all right, guys, this is your spoiler warning. We're going to be diving full into spoilers for She-Hulk um, episode eight and the series. And I might as well just say we're going to be spoiling Werewolf by Night now as well. So if you haven't watched that um go ahead and listen to the rest of the She-Hulk review and then skip the rest of the Werewolf by Night review that we're going to be giving later. So this is prepare yourself at Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. Daredevil came back. Charlie Cox. We finally got him back as Daredevil. What did you guys think of this portrayal of Daredevil in this series? Mark, go ahead. So I just want to be clear. This Daredevil is not the Daredevil from the Netflix series, right? Or is that still up in the air? Like, have we had any... Has Daddy Feige told us this is not Netflix? So it's been kind of ambivalent. And it's been, like, confirmed by online sources that this is... Trust me, bro, guys. Trust me, bro, guys, that this is canon to the mcu or the netflix shows are canon to the mcu kevin feige says that it's the same daredevil that's about how far as he'll go he doesn't he doesn't straight up say those shows are canon to the mcu so at this point it's still up for debate i think i i personally think they probably are canon but it's it's like hard to give solid proof of that right now because that, so. that's my big thing with daredevil being back is like i want all the stuff that i watched all the time i gave to daredevil for the netflix series i want that to be still con- you know still in the same timeline or like that's that's the guy like that's it's a, he, his same backstory as the guy who showed up in she hulk that's what i kind of want but overall yes i'm glad he's back i love i I love that, you know, it was going to be the yellow and red suit because that's one of my favorite suits that he wears. And it just seems, I don't know how to put it. Like, yeah, I was just, you know, I was super pumped. I was, you know, even my beautiful wife, Kelly, were watching. She's like, oh, he's back. And I was like, yeah, you mean, 
finally, you know, they told <laughs> finally, it exactly. be, it could be in five episodes. It literally, I put out a one. TikTok literally like five episodes ago because on IMDb at the time, it said that he was appearing in six episodes. Like they totally pulled the wool over my eyes. I thought he was going to be appearing way earlier in the series and Unless become like a recurring more role. Unless we're getting more episodes of She-Hulk. Maybe. <laughs> just, there's a surprise drop five episodes or six episodes of She-Hulk after the fact. Oh my gosh, that would be wild. But I, I really, okay, back back to Daredevil and Matt Murdock. I really loved how he, you know, he shows up late. Like, you know, like that's so on the, I feel like so meta, like, you know, yeah, I wasn't here right away, guys, but now I'm here. So, like, you know, let's get the show on the road type of, type of situation. That's how I yeah. felt it. It felt like, right. you know, like the whole, like, oh, the driver got lost. Um, I think maybe the driver was Kevin Feige, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, like, you know, that and like you could I love the connection. They went right into it with with him and She-Hulk and Jen Walters. Just like, you know, the relationship I think we all need and want right now because we're kind of missing that. Like that's literally everyone in the in the last, you know, character handful of characters like don't have like a, a loved one or a partner anymore because like it got <laughs> they died right they broke up they're no longer like in the universe (laughs) yeah yeah so you know it's great stuff i mean i wish you know just going right at the end i wish they wouldn't have hooked up i really didn't i didn't like that like i kind of wish they kind of fostered that relationship more like they actually like you know they went like oh we had a spark right that's just you know and then now now matt burdock has to go to to confession uh, <laughs> for having premarital yeah. sex with mm-hmm. uh with jennifer walters mm-hmm. um so he'll be absolved but not jennifer walters i'm assuming because you know she doesn't have that ability <laughs> to absolve sins yeah i, I yeah. that's not what i've heard is on her power set so yeah so you I, know. <laughs> I do love that they set up a, like a potential villain for she hulk though with the frogman and knowing that he has money in his yeah so, like i right. like He's going to show back up with mm-hmm. a way better techie suit yeah. and might pose an issue for She-Hulk down the road. So I, I love that aspect that Frogman could come back. So, yeah. Right. And we were teased with a freaking hallway fight that just got smashed. Literally. Yeah. Smashed. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and I, I actually like I thought that was kind of hilarious how they did that just because this is her show. So the way that she just like disrupted that whole scene was was perfect in my opinion um zane what did you think of of daredevil coming back and and she hulk yeah it was it was good to see that character like i mean obviously we had matt murdoch kind of like within um no way home and like we've had those instances but it was nice to actually see him as daredevil and actually kind of get that back in to him come and do an episode and it's like not only did we get an episode of like a daredevil and fighting, but you also had Matt Murdock and lawyering going on, which was fun, even though it was totally based on like, Oh yeah, here's this idiot (laughs) client who's tried to sue someone over something petty and dumb. And you're just like, Oh, okay. Um, but no, it was, it was fun to see. It's something that, you know, we've been teased for as long as we have. Um, yeah, I wish it would have done a little more of like, fostering that relationship between Jen and Matt a little bit more than just like going right into it. Like that was kind of a weird or even just even like the, the post afterwards, the, him doing the walk of shame, holding his boots. Like it was just kind of like, <laughs> like I get it, but you're like, I, I that's not really what I want to see out of daredevil. Like he's supposed to be like wearing the suit at night and stuff, not just out in the middle of the day doing the walk of shame in it. Like go back mm-hmm. to dressing like a lawyer. <laughs> and assuming people might see him and recognize him, and be like, "Why is he in L.A.?" Which also could be part of it too, of why because like he's in L.A., you know, the, going the whole West Coast type thing of, and yeah, that's the suit is different because it's the yellow and red, so maybe that's what part of it is. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna be <laughs> be a little more cavalier because I'm not in Hell's Kitchen right now. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That could be a part of it. Um, so personally, I I loved pretty much everything about him in this episode except for what you guys already mentioned is the the hooking up with She-Hulk. I I think again, I I don't have a problem with hooked up Matt with Murdock. Jen Walters. Jen Walters. Well, yeah, yeah, Jen Walters. It just man, 
I don't have a problem with him hooking up with people because he did that in the Netflix series as well. But like, did he? Do he that? I like because yeah, he did it with. That. Didn't he do it with Electra? And um, he did it with. Uh, I thought he did it with. He didn't do it with Karen Page at any point, did he? No, I he thought didn't. it was just Electra, and at that point, like they had a relationship. Right, so they like, had like an actual yeah, relationship. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I that's where I agree with you guys. I think it should have been like him, you know building that relationship first because that's what i mean that's what daredevil is like he he doesn't really take things like lightly you know like he he takes things seriously on the other hand he is basically a man whore in the comics so like that aspect of it good okay like i'll give him that like that's that's fine (laughs) um but yeah i think it would have been nice if they had put a little bit more and it's tough because these episodes are so quick they're like 20 minutes long so like how do you how do you build that relationship? The easiest answer would be don't do it in one episode, like, you know, stretch it over two, three plus episodes. But, uh, but yeah, I, that was the only aspect of it that I was like, mm, not really a fan of that. Absolutely loved him walking in to the courtroom as Matt Murdock and just obliterating she Hulk and her client. That was fantastic. That, and this is this is my main gripe with this whole series is that we got kind of advertised a Ally McBeal like lawyering show, and the lawyering has been like a sprinkle of what we're going on. I think we're, it's focusing more, and I understand why they're doing this, but they're focusing more on Jennifer Walters and her internal struggle with being She Hulk, and that makes sense. Like this is the She Hulk show, but I I, I don't know I. I expected a little bit more of the lawyering aspect of it. So seeing Matt Murdock and her face off, that was fantastic. I, I want more of that for sure. So one thing uh, that that Kelly brought up while watching this, and I had also some shared opinions on that, where it's like Jen Walters, we kind of got in the series is like a good lawyer. But I think when she's been She-Hulk, she's not the best of lawyers because that was a big question. It's like, why didn't she? Because the reason why they're in, there in the courtroom is because frogman you know has a rich father who you know is part of this you know uses them as attorneys like uses jet fuels what we find out and like why didn't she go you would think she would have done her research and asked these questions to figure this out before going to jacobson yeah and instead of having like that's every like this is what frustrates me in a lot of shows i've been watching no one can have a freaking civilized conversation it's just like everyone goes in hot and hot and heavy and um just like just I don't know, it's just something about like literally him and the costume guy, she and him could have could have figured that out and be like, oh right. here's the issue. Yeah, we can just throw this case yeah. out. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um which then we because then you know Kelly was saying how she's actually the worst character as like a person because she's so like, you, you, like when she kind of said this stuff, it's like, it makes sense. Like it's either she was grew up so smart that she didn't develop like a good personality and like how to like function socially. Cause she's also kind of awkward, but mm-hmm. now she's, she's kind of like standoffish as a person, but they're very, very right. self-absorbed at the same time, which then doesn't foster well as she Hulk. And then my theory has been is, is her being in, as she Hulk as the attorney is like whatever, whatever, like, you know, affects Bruce and the, and the Hulk being two separate like identities. Is that affecting her long term being in the She-Hulk form? Because that kind of that kind of hinted really heavy at the end right, of this at episode, the end of the episode. Exactly. Like, like she definitely seemed to kind of disassociate the Jen Walters um, identity from the She-Hulk identity towards the end of that episode a little bit. So definitely you might be onto something there, Mark, for sure. Which was something I thought of that too of i think it's gonna tie back to that first episode because like you kind of went through it i remember a lot of people online talked about it but just how bruce was so much of just like hey it's important to control this stuff once you become a superhero like you're a hulk now like like it's important and then you know you got the whole thing and she run off does her own thing i think it's going to tie back to this of showing that her loss of control might be different than how bruce's was but like it's ultimately going to play that back around of being like, Hey, this is why you need to remain in control because one instance of messing up and you're viewed as a monster. And we just had that at the end of that episode right. of her one mess up and now everyone's reaction to it. But it was them showing a sex tape of hers. You know, that's what we're assuming we're, that they were going to show. And, 
and they're they're dudes in the back with masks on who are clearly like part of that group that, that online group and she has one of them and they just let that dude run away at the end when she like get, busts out like she grabs one of them and she has all this is this is going back into the weeds i feel i would not be surprised not surprised if either the firm she's a part of is a part of this or whoever put on this gala is a part of this because it seems too weird that all this setup was there and no one could just turn off all the monitors right right away and clearly they were working the monitors so like that's where it's like i think we're gonna find in this last episode a lot more you know a lot more people are involved than i think what we initially thought Mm -hmm. all right so i mean that brings us to we already have talked about the end of the episode here hulk king is the person behind all of this uh who is the hulk king and do we is it a character that we've seen already is it a totally new character uh and what the heck is going to happen in the finale of she hulk zane i don't even know (laughs) i i like there's not been a whole lot of like clues as to who this person is the only thing that would make sense because of the fact that um, especially with everything with the like the blackmail and getting all this information, all this stuff. The only thing that would make sense is if it's the leader. Because the leader just becomes obsessed with the Hulk. He can't get Bruce. So what would be the next best thing to go after? She-Hulk. And so like the leader would be smart enough to, you know, send the low budget wrecking crew the you know, to, just to send all these different things. And then, you know, slowly figure out of like hey that's not gonna work all right how do you go after someone who's you know has invulnerable skin well you got to get them when they're in their human form and how do you attack this person well you don't physically attack them you attack them you know mentally or their character or so part of me feels like hulk king could be you could get a appearance of the leader here interesting mark what do you think about hulk king i mean zane kind of just took the words out of my mouth with the leader right so I'm going to go in a different route. I think it's be possible saucy. just and because say, she's also going to be in legal trouble I almost uh, with want, I destroying almost all this stuff. Emil Blonsky might be involved somehow. Oh, wow. Okay. So you think this whole peace and love uh, thing that he's doing is a, a I think farce. it's all a mirage. I think it's all a farce. And I hope I'm wrong. Because, you know, because eventually he's got to get into Thunderbolts. You think if he's a part of that or the enemy of Thunderbolts. True, true. But man, the leader is such a good like, you know, that's introduced the leader back. So then he becomes, you know, a villain for New World Order, which would be perfect for, you know, this online group of, you know, faux non people. So that's what it kind of seems like. But man, like, yeah, do we get someone we've seen before or do we get a brand new villain? Or is it someone we've seen that becomes a villain? Um, so that's, you know, very hitting all, hitting all the, all the bases to make sure I, (laughs) yeah, I love that Two two very different, but very intriguing theories we've got here in the infinity. It's Mephisto. Yeah. Obviously it's Mephisto. (laughs) Why? What am I thinking? Um, do you think Daredevil shows back up for this episode? Because we're assuming he made a flight back to New York the next day. Right. Maybe he comes back to represent her in court and, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Who knows? Had to come had to come back to this because this I don't remember if it was this last episode or the episode before. I think it was this last one where they talked. Yeah, it was this last one where they said the accords were dropped like what a subtle like like what happened for them to just drop all that yep i absolutely love that they just subtly dropped that in and just were like all right there it is yep the chords are no more it's like well what happened what happened where they're like yeah superheroes can claim their you know their you know anonymity and it was obviously a terrible idea as evidenced by every you know civil war piece of material that's ever come out from marvel so (laughs) Yeah. Team Cap. Do you Team think Cap. Hulk shows back up? That's the other question. Hmm, that's a good that is a good question. I don't think so. I think he's gone. Uh he's in space now. Like I don't think we'll even be able to contact him. 
he's 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 gearing up for world war hulk in like 2026 so. right do we yeah. get i just want to say do we get an avenger but there's not really a lot but i would say do we get another known <laughs> the avengers yeah maybe? they're kind of in shambles right now like they're like just we gotta have a regrouping <laughs> disassembled exactly okay but like do you think do you think we get another another character we've seen back does white vision show up what are the chances of white <laughs> White vision show up. <laughs> I hope so, because I would be very interested to see where that would be going. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think honestly, the the most likely is Daredevil coming back uh to be a part of this episode. I, who else who else could like even be a part of this without it being totally like shoehorned in? Oh well, you know, I don't know. one that comes to my mind because it's Oakland, so that's close enough, it'd be uh Riri Williams, right? But I don't know how you True. shoot her. I don't know how you True. like push her into this. Yeah, yeah, right. But like, she would have. The, she might have a, a prototype suit to mm-hmm. fight if she Hulk goes hulking. Right. So, yeah, that's that's what's so interesting about this uh, um, episode is that like I, I mean I mentioned that we don't really know much about the Hulk King. Like usually how these Marvel shows go is it bec- it comes back to a person that they've known in their past. Oh, it it's a person. <laughs> it comes back to a person that's been in the series running the whole time with them there doesn't really seem to be a person in the series that it really could be so unless they pull something really crazy out and it's like nikki or something like that but like i i don't know i don't know who it could be honestly hold on so you got you guys the infinity rose universe nikki's her like friend who's like diving into the weeds Right, that's who Nikki is. If I'm remembering right, like her friend. Yeah. There's a lot. Like, she. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get a little. I'm gonna get really, real deep into the weeds. <laughs> Here we go. But just saw, some of the shots they had with her and the way her uh, Julie was wearing. Anyways, she wore a lot of black. There was sometimes her necklace, that's a star, was upside down, looked like a pentagram. Not saying Mephisto, but I'm saying she could be a bad person. And there has been multiple times in the season where she has looked at the camera as in fourth person, but yep, she hasn't that. spoken to the camera. And, and I think we even had that in WandaVision with, with Agatha, right? We had, she looked at the camera a few times as well. well cause she, cause she knew what was going Yeah. When we, you know, when Agatha was doing it. All. So, so there's that element of, you know, maybe she knows something else is going on. Or maybe it's totally an optical illusion, maybe it's, and maybe or it's pug. I was say if it's a pug, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna riot. Pug. I'm gonna he riot if it's pug. He, he didn't know Iron Man threes. <laughs> pug is a great man. Don't you dare say that about pug. <laughs> he was stuck with a Bonders t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, guys, let us know who you think Hulk King is. Um, you can hook up the uh, Infinity Bros universe on Discord uh, to chat weekly about all this stuff or just hit us up on social media tell us who you think hulk king is and get geared up for the finale of she hulk next week look i get it you're lazy and coffee from the grocery store is just as good as ordering from somewhere like mini world's tavern right wrong that's dumb and you should feel so dumb for thinking that does your local grocery store donate a portion of their proceeds to charity actually you know if they do that that is kind of awesome but We guarantee that Mini World's Tavern does that. Besides, it's not like your grocery store provides an amazing monthly blend with added RPG-themed bonuses. That's a limited edition Mini World's Tavern exclusive, baby. They are the online coffee brand that's perfect for game night. Guys, I should know. Before every podcast and every time I go live on Twitch, I fill an entire bathtub full of great old one, and I do my best Lord Harkonnen impression. Guys, grab a bag for yourself right now. Go to www.miniworldstavern.com slash theinfinitybros, all one word. And guess what? You're going to save yourself 10% at checkout. All right, guys. It is time to dive into Werewolf by Night. Man, this was this was a trip. Okay, so I'm going to read a short... I'm going to read a short synopsis here. On a dark and somber night, a secret cabal of monster hunters emerge from the shadows and gather at the foreboding Bloodstone Temple following the death of their leader. In a strange and macabre memorial to the leader's life, the attendees are thrust into a mysterious and deadly competition for a powerful relic, a hunt 
that will ultimately bring them face to face with a dangerous monster. So this is um, based on the Werewolf by Night comic by by Marvel Comics, um, which Moon Knight made his first appearance in, actually. Um, so so Jarrett's got a little bit of investment in this. And it's a it's a they're calling it a Marvel Studios special presentation uh, dropped on Disney Plus on yesterday, October 7th. Um, and it's 54 minutes long, um, it says on here, dropped to great reviews, 92 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, guys, with an audience score of 94 percent so far. Like pretty much loved across the board. Like if you compare that to any Marvel project, I mean, it's up there. It's probably it's probably top 10, honestly, in in scoring in the MCU, which is pretty impressive. So, yeah, a lot of really awesome things going on about this series. We already put a spoiler warning out there. So if you haven't watched this, make sure you go do that and then come back and listen to our review. Um Guys, let's just go ahead and say your rating and just a quick, like, quick thoughts. Um, Zane, we'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah, so just quick rating on this, just just six out of six. Like, I didn't really know what to expect coming into this, but like the the way they captured the homage and the way this made like an old school monster movie was so well done. But not only does it capture all those feelings of these old monster movies, but it was also like a modern feeling as well. And so like they kind of did a really good job of blending like both worlds, both feelings. And like it was so cool that they gave it this one shot, this special like, I think this is a fantastic way to introduce like some of these offbeat characters or to even kind of tell some of these offbeat stories that just like you don't need a full length movie and you don't need a full length show on it. But, like run a few of these specials that, you know, around Halloween or d- during, you know, certain, um, you know, events, holidays or whatever. Like, I think this is a great way of introducing some of these characters. And like, as you can tell, too, like this story was very well done. It was v- super fun to watch. For a a fifty four minute special, like it was incredible how how great the story was and how they tied everything up. Um, just oh right, I thought it was fantastic. Um, Mark, what were your thoughts on this special presentation? I could piggyback on all what Zane said. I'd also give it a six out of six. Um, I went into this only knowing one character from the trailer, and that was Swamp. Uh, no, not Swamp Thing. Um, Man Thing. Man Thing. Uh, which, you know, if you know your comic books, uh, Man-Thing came out two months before Swamp Thing did in the comics because it's DC Marvel have basically the same character. Um, <laughs> but in this case, Marvel had it first. So there it is. There you uh, go. But yeah, I knew basically nothing. I knew about Werewolf by Night, but I'm not like, you know, heavy into that. I knew the blood thing. You know, I've heard the Bloodstone stuff, but like knew nothing about that. But yeah, it's like cinematically like, yeah, this is this is great. Yeah, you got dropped into this into this world. You know, it's with MCU, I guess, but dropped into the scenario and, you know, get got a pretty good introduction, kind of like catching up on what, what what's going on, uh, what this thing that they're fighting for, and that monsters are involved. And I wish I didn't see the trailer, so I didn't know who the werewolf was gonna be. But yeah, it's uh Yeah. It like it hit all the tropes for horror and scary stuff and I wouldn't say it's overtly scary, but if you saw the trailer, you might think it might be. Um, but yeah, I had a good time. And I don't think I don't, who's ever negatively talking about this, like just doesn't get film in general. So, And honestly, I have heard very, very little negative feedback on this special at all. Like, and I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter, especially, which there are plenty of negative opinions to go around most of the time. But I've I've only heard I've seen a few tweets that that people you know weren't a fan of this production. So, um, but I, I want to just reiterate the same thing as you guys have. I thought this was fantastic. Six out of six for me. Um, Infinity snaps for Werewolf by Night on the. I haven't Infinity had one of those in a bit. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Max has been totally ruining our vibe the last like year. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> Is it even anything a six out of six? On the podcast for like, when is the last thing I think he did? I don't even remember. Well, I think a, he's been giving some of these She-Hulk episodes six out of six, but which is I, interesting. He's love. He's loving it. 
he really is loving She-Hulk, which is which is great for him. That's that's awesome. Um, but yeah, this I and as a non horror fan, um, I I mean, I watched the trailer and I thought it looked fantastic. Um, and I'm again, not much of a horror guy. Like I enjoy playing horror games and I, I enjoy the, the occasional like slasher, you know, film or thriller movie. But I would not consider myself like a, a fan of the horror genre. But this is this was fantastic, amazing production, like just the way they handled everything in this in this presentation was incredible to me. And I absolutely I want to see more of these as opposed to the Disney Plus shows that they've been putting out. Right. Honestly, like if they can put this much into this special production, I'd rather have them spend all of the money that they were going to spend on a Disney Plus show on one of these. Like if it can be this well produced every single time, because I feel like we haven't been getting that level of production in in these Disney Plus shows. So I I thought it was amazing. Um, Loved like I I was like because I'm not a horror guy, I was thinking of giving it a little bit lower of a rating. But the more I think about it, there's nothing that I can really say that's bad about this. Like everything about it was like incredible. So I'm like, even though it's not my jam necessarily, I don't think I can't knock it. It, It's fantastic. So I would absolutely love to see. Well, especially anything that gives us a live action man thing where man thing actually looks fantastic. Yeah, you look like great. I was just wonder, and even just just ends up stealing the show. Like at the end, when he grabs the chick and just roasts her, and then right. Elsa's just staring at him, and he just like shrugs, yeah. just like yeah. what? You're just like this brilliant. <laughs> World of Night was a ridiculous. perfect. Yeah, all right. Are, like he's just yeah, that go. that absolute perfect ridiculous character. Because mm. like because I was reading some of his backstory too. Just like oh, so like the the original part of it was they were creating a serum to try to like counter or try to create like the Captain America serum. But like his basically was a serum that countered all like chemical components. But then he crashes car into a swamp, which is supposedly a mystic part of the swamp. And then you come to find out that's where the nexus of all realities is. And you're just like, <laughs> it just becomes like this, this character that you're just like, Hey, we're just going to make this super weird, super bonkers. And we're going to make man thing, the guardian of it all. And you're just like, all right, and then here he is in Werewolf but, by but Night. He got, but he got captured to be killed, so... Yeah, he was just like, oh, wild. okay, okay, all right, I guess. Like, Yeah. But it is weird that they kind of went the the monster route on him, because technically he's not a monster. That's why it's weird that the, the bloodstone affected him, whereas, like, Jack Russell actually becomes a monster becomes a werewolf whereas man thing got like mutated into that whereas he's not like an actual cryptid but i guess i i don't know the properties of how the bloodstone's gonna work in the mc right that's that's what i was gonna yeah, say really i would gonna have to do more research properties <laughs> <laughs> i would have to do more research on the bloodstone because i i i'm probably in the same boat as you mark like i've i've heard of werewolf by night i've heard of man thing and i've heard of elsa bloodstone but like i know pretty much nothing other than their names of all of these characters. So like, I don't know anything about the blood zone. I don't really know how it works, but I think that made this even better for me because I w- I'm not like sitting there questioning, Oh man, like, uh, does that really how that works in the comics? Uh, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. Another thing I feel like came from this is like all those hunters had confirmed kills. And this is drawing back to the, not the last episode she hoped, but the one before with like the, the like uh matador, and the that guy I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Um, how many creatures are on Earth? That yeah, there's okay, yeah. at least two hundred plus to kill. Right. Yeah. So true. Which I think that's something. The other articles I've read that that's what some people are saying to kind of give a fresh perspective of the MCU. Go through this whole monster side of Marvel that they've never explored before. Like, yeah, you have your your main stuff of everything of you know, from Secret Invasion and all this other, these main storylines, but give us more of these monsters that are hiding in these, pl- in plain sight. Cause then you can start giving us, you know, these type of Midnight Suns type characters, your Elsa Bloodstones, bring in, you know, you're introducing Blade, you bring in Ghost Rider, like a lot of these that are kind of these monster hunter 
type characters because like this works perfectly for these one shot type things like yeah give, give us these monsters that are just hiding you know in plain sight in different things and like there's so much you can do with that gail garcia bernal is uh, jack russell which jared pointed out last week peak marvel a werewolf named jack russell like just just peak 70s marvel wonderful um laura donnelly as elsa bloodstone uh with the kind of the main ones uh, harriet sansom harris as verusa um and carrie jones played ted or man thing uh rick wasserman as the narrator uh, those are kind of the mostly the main ones but man like <laughs> fantastic right. cast like just the the gentleman uh gail garcia bernal who played jack russell I, I absolutely loved him. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, and Laura Donnelly as Elsa Bloodstone, like stole the show. Like, oh, he was like, very charming. Amazing uh, casting in these in these characters. So I th- I thought those guys did a fantastic job. I would say think about horror movies. He was in uh, the M Night Shyamalan movie Old just recently. So, oh really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just like gotcha. last year, I think came out. So he's gotcha. So he's got uh, got a few under his belt there. That's pretty cool. Um, my my favorite part of this whole um, production was it being in black and white and like they perfectly oh man like I'm not even a horror fan but like this is exactly how I would imagine a horror movie being from you know whatever 1930 or 40 or something like that like this is exactly how it is but it still had like the modern dialogue and modern blend of humor and just like everything about that was just like this is fantastic already like if you don't like the whole horror genre or or like even the story of this show you have to at least appreciate the the production level that went into this this presentation like it just it blew me away and everything's black and white the bloodstone is red like it sticks out really cool really cool aspect of that and then at the very end that was cool how they shot that kind of comes into color and it was just like okay yeah like when when elsa basically possesses the bloodstone and then basically that everything turns to color like that was such a cool touch, yeah. Super awesome. That that like that's been my favorite. And and I w- I want to point out too. So this is directed by Michael Giacchino, who is a fantastic composer. I think for me specifically, when I found out he was directing this, I was like, why? Like, <laughs> why? I didn't know anything. If he had like directing experience, so I like looked it up. He had directed like a couple short like films and stuff like that so it was like what why did and number one like he's got connection he did he composed the spider-man um trilogy the mcu spider-man trilogy so he's got like connections there but i was like how does this guy get into this role to to being the director of werewolf by night so like why not like someone with the direct especially for it being a marvel show that they want like probably done pretty well like you would think like maybe for horror, they go out and get a horror director. Yeah. Like, like a Guillermo del Toro, like someone like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, we just need, we need a short, do what you want to do. He might've made it a little too scary for the people, but you know, it would have been fun. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a wild MCU production. <laughs> but like, end of the, cause I thought the same thing is like, this dude really doesn't have any directorial yeah. experience. Yeah. But and what, he, I don't know if he had what good, it comes down like, to is that he had to be the guy that made the pitch for this, right? Like, yeah, right. They, he must have made the pitch to Marvel and they're like, wow, this is a fantastic idea. This like, is the movie we might have made. to run with it. Yeah, that, that's like the only way I can think of how he became the director of this project. Or he was partners with the screenwriter for this, too. So like, you know, like, hey, maybe we, yeah. we, we like they came in together as the idea. Like, hey, this is what we want to do. So. Because I'm sure, you know, Marvel probably has an idea what they want to do with stuff like this, but I'm sure they still hear pitches for all these characters and then decide what to bring in, who to bring in. So at this right. point, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Zane, what did you think of the blend of? So so first of all, back up a little bit. Marvel has come under fire in the past couple of years, probably for their level of CGI in in their movies and their shows 
even down to like how they are treating their production team. There's been a lot of stuff leaking. Some people coming out and saying that like they're not getting paid enough. They're not getting treated well, blah, 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 all this stuff. What did you think of the blend of uh, practical and CGI um, effects in this production? I thought it was done really well. Like I think there it needs to be more of that. I mean, obviously you got someone like like Man Thing, like that's going to be a little more uh, CGI than practical. But like there are shots you can have more practical effect. But I wonder how much it being in black and white affected that at all. Whereas like I know, especially in regards to what you're doing with uh, Werewolf by Night, being in black and white, like I think you can kind of it blends in some of the the actual practical effects a bit, but like with a movie like this, when you're trying to capture that old school horror feel, like you have to use practical effects. Like if that would have been CGI, like, or all CGI, it just, it wouldn't, I don't think it'd be as good as it was. Um, That's just one of those characters and how they're presenting it and how it was shot that like, you have to have those practical effects. And I personally, I wish that's something Marvel would go back more to, of having more practical effects. Like, I think that sells more of a story. Well, and we're seeing it more now in these, in these shows like house of the dragon and rings of power. Like they're using a lot, a lot of practical effects that make their sets and costumes look incredible. And nobody, nobody is watching those shows and being like, Oh, the CGI sucks. Like, like this is terrible. Right. Um, and obviously they have to use CGI cause there's, just dragons like they have to use cgi but, right like nobody's watching those shows like those dragons are, are real are you telling me <laughs> man thing wasn't real <laughs> yes i'm i'm sorry to tell you mark but but man thing was in fact <laughs> was in fact cgi actually in that last shot um where um jack russell is sitting by man thing that that had to be a, a practical suit of man thing because that looked yeah, incredible that and they, really they like good. do the close up on his face and like it looks like it's a real suit it looks real and especially so, for something that doesn't have like a moving mouth really yeah right like that's where yeah you really could use a practical suit for that for mm-hmm. for the most part right and I, i'm assuming they use cgi for most of his moving shots because that just makes more sense but but like, I mean, that suit looked. I thought that suit looked. I would have to look in up more, like as as that scene, and make sure that it is in fact like a practical suit. But it sure looked like it to me. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the blend of of practical and CGI was fantastic in this. And they use like this. And again, like I, I feel like almost bad. I'm I'm like going back to all this stuff, not being a huge horror guy. But like they use this great horror trope. Um, with with Jack Russell or Werewolf by Night of like they didn't show a lot of him at all. It was more so like they use kind of the suspense, the intense scenes, the shadows, and they only showed a couple shots of his face in the whole entire presentation um, and mostly used just like outline silhouettes, like that kind of stuff, which I mean, that's such a classic, awesome horror trope. Like, you know, back in the day when they like just didn't have the they practical didn't have CGI or like the money they didn't have CGI. They didn't show a they transformation. literally could not yeah. like make the stuff that they needed to make for these horror movies. So they just like they had to use their um, creative creativity and imagination to show, you know, like portray <laughs> these these monsters and these like things that were happening in the movie. So I, I thought it was awesome. Trust, they went trust us, bro. He's changing into our world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Just trust us. Trust us. <laughs> yeah. But man, we'll I mean, he'll be full werewolf. Just don't worry. right? <laughs> just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But then, and then we actually did see a few shots of him and it was full practical, like, like teen wolf, like face, you know, I, I thought that, I thought that just fit the, awesome I'm campy so vibe happy of it they went that route for like a human werewolf face versus like him turning into like into an actual wolf, wolf that stands on his legs like i'm i agree very thing i like you know yeah people might that's what people might gripe with it's like oh it's too campy looking it's like that was kind of the point of this whole that literally is the point it's that old school the wolf man yeah. like that was the like, whole point of it yeah type of looking werewolf so yeah 
totally agree yep. man i i i thought this was my i think i mentioned this in the chat too i think this was probably my favorite project since um shang chi honestly yeah, you say that. like i i've 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 enjoyed most of what marvel has put out in phase four but i think this was something special and not just because it's a special presentation it's when because you said it that i thought it was special this. Do you think there like I felt like there was more they did better action in this 50 minutes than they've done in so many different properties. I agree. Yeah. In the last, you know, the last year. Like I just feel like this yeah. was so well executed with their that like, you know, both mm. them entering into the the maze labyrinth, the hunt man, you know, the hunt the the monster and right. then the final, you know, fight scene like in the Yeah entryway the chasm or whatever and, they call it yeah I, I don't know i think maybe zane you're onto something with like black and white like um like they had to they had to probably think about that and film that differently with it with them knowing that it was going to be in black and white oh um, totally film it differently in black and white right exactly so like i gotta i gotta believe that like they they i mean obviously took that in consideration when they're doing the fight choreography and such as as well uh but like i mean i think you're totally onto something there because the last great incredible action that we've had in the mcu is definitely shang chi like that we had an incredible action and, and you know like kung fu and shang chi and i would even go back to falcon and winter soldier well that's the more like typical mcu action but like that had great action as well i thought i would say i would even say because i'm funny that we i always talk about this with my wife kelly is I think I would also throw Hawkeye, even though Hawkeye's lower on my list. I feel like that had some good action action scenes at closer to the end. But it but did, yeah, it's yeah like, you're right. It did have some have some good stuff. But like there was more action in this 50 minutes, top tier action than there was in all of Miss Marvel. And I will fight anyone about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree on that. You might have to fight Marvel or uh, Marvel. You might have to fight. Let's see. Jarrett Jarrett was really high on Miss Marvel, and I believe Scott loved Miss Marvel as well. So those are the guys you got to fight. I will fight both of them if I have to. (laughs) Bring it on. We'll we'll arrange. I wonder if part of that is it's just simply because of the fact that this was you know fifty five minutes. So it's like it had more time than just regular disney plus show episode but it, you know obviously it's shorter than an actual movie but like do you think like it actually kind of had time to develop some of that stuff do you think mahershaw Ali sees this you know no it has what were you gonna say well i was just gonna say like i just think it, this was like going into it like they kind of knew like hey you already had this self-contained story so it was like you didn't have to go into as much exposition and background into making this it, you get right into all right, here's everyone showing up. Here's a hunt. Let's go. No dipping you know. around. We're fighting. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like right to the business. Right. I mean, they, they literally brought everybody in, explained exactly what was going to happen. And they're just like, go just. All right. There we go. Uh, so is that maybe something that a lot of the other Disney shows have been struggling with of too much backstory? And just maybe needs a little bit more of just like or a simplification right, just go with it. of it because I think like what we've seen with these Disney Plus shows specifically is that they're trying to cram a lot of story building and background into six relatively short episodes of TV. Do you, do you think they're trying to do that because they don't have ten years? Yeah, and that's part of it. And I'm sure I'm sure you know a big part of all of that like COVID and, you know, all the halting of production and all, I'm sure it played a big part in all of those Disney plus shows, but it just, yeah, I think it definitely hurt those shows. Like they're trying to cram so much into the, the amount of time they had. And I think they're trying to, there is a little bit of a difference because these Disney plus characters are, they're going to be main players in the MCU down the road. And that might not be the case with the, the characters in this um, special presentation you know maybe we get elsa bloodstone in um like midnight suns way down the road um or even man maybe our uh jack russell is involved in that too but like i mean these are these are relatively minor characters that are in the scope of the mcu plus this is so so different from what we're used to in in the mcu and i 
that's, I mean, you mentioned it, Mark, uh, for what was our most recent? It was is She Hulk? Is I, I think it's you were talking about She Hulk on, on a recent episode, uh, but like it's a fret, breath of fresh air in the MCU. Like this is something new that they did very very well, and I I think I mean Marvel nailed it on this one. Um, so looking forward here, I did mention Elsa Bloodstone potentially could be you know in like a Midnight Suns type of deal when we eventually get that movie. Zane, do you think any of these characters um, are going to be seen in the mainline MCU continuity or are these kind of niche? Is this a niche special presentation that we're not going to see again? Well, I mean, it, obviously they're very niche characters just because got it. it's coming from this this horror, this dark side of Marvel. Um, not that it's necessarily straight up you know, super terrifying horror, but it's, it's from this era of Marvel that, um, had a very specific category. Like, like, yeah, you, you get, cause there's this whole section of just these old monster movies, these tropes of, you know, the werewolf, the mummy, uh, Frankenstein, like all these old monsters that through these old stories kind of got, got brought into Marvel, but like, you, d- you didn't read these stories as a Marvel fan. You read them as a horror icon fan. And so when you're bringing these in with, you know, oh, they're going against Dracula or they're going against this. And so I think these characters have a, a niche audience and I think they can like make appearances further down the line. But I like, I think this is something Marvel can use of like, hey, we this is the perfect opportunity this is the perfect cast or these characters to use for these special presentations because like i don't know if you're gonna have enough to actually make a ton of mainstream movies or shows but like we're like this we just got introduced yeah elsa bloodstone is someone who could definitely i think make further appearances but like man thing jack russell like i, I don't think you're gonna have a ton of ongoing things but like now you give a further show with elsa bloodstone and then all of a sudden be like hey we need backup from someone and then elsa bloodstone goes hey i know a couple people and then all of a sudden you get an appearance by you know man thing and jack russell again well then all of a sudden you're just like oh this is fantastic because those two had a lot of chemistry like i don't know if there's enough to base that on there because like with monsters and the monster hunting that's such a flavor of the week type show setup as well so it's just like there's it's its own sub genre to it all. But like there's a lot that they can do there, but it's not I don't think it's ever going to necessarily hit the mainstream. Right. Mark, do you think this has a future in the MCU or is this a dead end? I would say that would depend on what you're. What you kind of want from the characters, like, do we go are they going to be involved in blade somehow or are we creating like a monster universe in MCU, which then leads to question, are we getting too many characters in the MCU? And will that be too confusing for some people to kind of like pinpoint where everyone's going to be? I think just pulling them fully into the mainstream MCU definitely would get a lot of negative feedback for sure like uh but will, i think will, i mean honestly like like i said i'd rather see these short shorter special presentations than <laughs> uh, i don't know i guess he'll, he'll like join in with the rest of the avengers to to fight Kang in secret wars a man man thing might have something to say about that i mean like you know King coming for the nexus of all realities at some point. Right. So, you know, maybe he, maybe he get involved. Who knows? Well, guys, uh, it has been an episode filled with, uh, with, uh, lots of good stuff, lots of great things to talk about. So, uh, any last comments on, uh, werewolf by night or on she Hulk episode, uh, eight before we close out the episode. I got nothing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> good, good. And Mark, Mark's uh, being attacked by ghosts in his home. Yep, so being attacked uh, by ghosts. I'm so if you I guys feel like it's 25 seconds. 
it's it's kind of a long way. So if you, the Infinity Bros universe, have any comments about World Finite, tell us what you think about it in the Discord on Infinity Bros Universe, or you can talk to us about it on social media. Tell us your thoughts or email infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me. It has been a blast. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you so much for making us a part of your day. We love you, 2000. Have an awesome night. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.